Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Bienvenidos, everyone. It's been a while since we recorded. Dom, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, well, I shared this with you off air, but... Um, the vitamins that we bought together. So Karen and I went on a mini like vitamin shopping spree because <laughs> it was my idea to get ahead of the seasonal affective disorder. It doesn't hit me as hard as I think it hits you, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me it's worse. Yeah. But I still don't like it. So I was like, you know what? I am in Extremely vitamin D deficient, as everyone knows now that I hate the sun. So I don't <laughs> produce vitamin D naturally. And I don't drink milk because I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm really, really deficient. Um, so I'm really vitamin D deficient. But also I have heard um, from a couple of people that like um, my knee problems may be as a result of me missing some nutrients. So I was like, let me give this a try. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Karen and I went on a vitamin shopping spree and I have been taking the multivitamins. So the multivitamins we have, um, has like 20 vitamin, 23 vitamins and minerals, including iron and vitamin D. Um, and then I've also been taking, um, cortisol support, which is like all these minerals. It has like ashwagandha root and like these, um, natural, plant-based um it's like plant-derived minerals and nutrients for um stress relief and it essentially is so that um if your body it feels like any um, cortisol or adrenaline peaks it'll these nutrients will help to kind of taper that off and kind of steady you wow yeah and um what's another one that i've been taking i've been also taking five htp which is five um dash hydro trypto fin i don't know i'm not a scientist <laughs> But I know that it is something that helps with um, uh, serotonin. And I know the higher the dose, I, it has helped with people with like acute um, depressive episodes. Um, this one that I bought is like to help me sleep and wake up in a better mood. Literally on the bottle is like supports positive mood. I'm like, yay. Because <laughs> you know me, I'm just I'm the type of person that's like, don't even look at me if I don't have my coffee. That's what gets me into a better mood. But I actually have been waking up um a little bit more um energized, less less foggy, and I don't hit my snooze button as much anymore. Nice. So, yeah, this is my little vitamin report. Awesome. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. You're you're on a it sounds like you have a very nice routine set up and like all the vitamins that you're taking are helping you. Yeah. It has Lovely. Been. Yeah. And I've had, um, a lot of moments of irritability where I, I've noticed the time span in between my, like it lasting basically has mm -hmm. shortened a lot. So I'm not saying, I want to make a very clear, clear disclaimer that I'm not saying like I'm a super Zen person now. <laughs> and I'm not like, you know, I'm out here doing um and peace and love and happiness. <laughs> we still have those moments. Right. I am Princess Dom. And um, you're human. Exactly. So do not think that these are like, the end all be all of like perfect human zen i don't think that is a thing um but i have noticed i'm more patient i mean there are other factors like therapy um mm -hmm. but like actual moments where i'm like hit with an inconvenience I find especially I'm like the cortisol support has to be working. I don't know if it's a placebo effect or if it is like legitimately working, but I have three moments where I was like, so like something happened 
And I was like, so irritated. And then like five minutes later, I was like, you know what? It is what it is. And I was like, ew, who's this person? Well, I hope that your routine helps you, especially with the upcoming weather, because I've been hearing a lot of different things. Some people say this is going to be a really bad winter. Others are like, no, it's not. So I'm just like, okay, what do I do then? Yeah, I um, I don't like when it's like five o'clock and it looks like it's midnight. I am ready for bed at that time. Yeah, so that is what I'm not looking forward to. And then also like bitter winter. So like end of December, early January when it's like not even snowing out and it's not like pretty and like it's has this like um, scenic quality to it. No, it's like freezing rain and frost and like your breath is... um, being frozen in front of you. I hate that. Ooh, I'm trying to enjoy as much as I can of like the nice weather. Cause recently it's been nice. You mm-hmm. don't, you know, it has been breezy. The sun is out. So I'm trying to enjoy it as much as I can. And I also, obviously we bought vitamins together, but I'm not like super into them yet. I forgot to take them for the past two days. Oopsies. Mm-hmm. But I'll get a little bit better with them as well. Um, what? But I, um, what I've been doing is going to more acupuncture. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that it has helped a lot, especially with like my my pain in my shoulders and like the, my right side of my hip. Mm. It's really good. Um, in one of the sessions, I fell into a deep sleep. And when I woke up, I felt so loopy. And <laughs> I felt like I was walking on a cloud. Yeah, this lasted for like the next day. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a delicious treat. I it is. It. Yes, it is. I'm lucky that insurance covers it. Because mm-hmm. I've been going to, I think it's like my third or fourth session, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Other than that, I think I'm I'm just lining up my TV shows for the winter. <laughs> that's a good um that's a good uh good strategy. I have um I'm starting to create like a list of movies that I want to re- um watch and then maybe write reviews about. We'll see. Um but I, as everyone knows who's been listening to this for pretty much almost a year, um, still have a ton of pre-production to dive into for my upcoming feature doc. So I'm really looking forward to like kind of putting my head down and focusing on that. And then I think I might switch over to reading more um, fiction. Oh, novels because I've been on a really heavy nonfiction tear <laughs> yes and I think um I'll read something a little bit not I mean yeah I will read something a little lighter or more enjoyable not like so heavy in philosophy yes it's, it's like those type of books that you chose to read but it's not like you have to like get into really deep thinking, I guess, something mm-hmm. like that. It's just, it's just like when you watch, uh, the housewives, you're mm-hmm. just there to be entertained and get into the drama, but you're not really thinking. So it's kind of a, a way to unwind. Exactly. So I think yeah. that's, that's my plan is, uh, movies and, um, probably like lighter movies too. Um, and uh novels and my side hustle work (laughs) yes and i guess since we're we're talking about our little winter plans i guess (laughs) and i mentioned that i'm just lining up shows to binge watch over the weekends and even after work Mm mm-hmm Obviously, the title says it. We are going to be talking about, I think it would be one of our top favorite shows, Insecure. 
Yes. And spoiler alert, I do want to add this because if you haven't watched, we will talk entirely about Insecure. We're going to be kind of like recapping what our thoughts of the show. Mm-hmm. I want to start first speaking about Issa's career choices. Okay, yeah, that's a good one since we're like, I feel like work actually really permeates in the past couple of episodes that we've had. So like, oh. why not talk about <laughs> work? Exactly. I really like the fact that she kind of like just decided to take that step and decided to leave her job simply Mm -hmm. because what Issa said, I think it was her that said it, that, you know, they help kids from like the neighborhood, obviously kids of color, but everyone that worked that we got ya was white. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I want to talk about this a little bit because I can relate to how she was feeling because in the past I went on a few interviews because I wanted to do something that involved working with the community and I do remember this one place that I interviewed at where it was the same situation that job position was similar to what Isa was currently doing and of course everyone was white Mm -hmm. And I didn't get the job, which totally bummed me out because I feel like they didn't know the struggle that these kids went through in order to just get from where they lived to where the offices were at for this program. I, I just don't feel like they had that connection, like that personal connection to what these kids were experiencing in their everyday life. Um, and so I really related to Isa in that aspect where she felt frustrated. I can definitely, um, relate to that, um, that sentiment. I know I have been on a couple of sets where the script had a really, like, I was really happy to be part of the project because they had a lot of diversity in the characters and like it was written by a person of color but the set itself, mm-hmm. especially um, uh, like the, they're, I mean, how would I describe them? I mean, I think they're called top of the line, um, but it's like director, producer, then assistant director, but like the people and like um, more often than not, the DP were not people of color. So mm-hmm. it was like, interesting um to see that kind of um comparison yeah and I think um I think the in this in the the through the through line with the show it was obviously presented like kind of as like a comedic like like you know um white people will like do something in the community and think they're like doing such a good thing and and, like saving the world. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, that's like, it was, it was presented really funnily. And like, it is though, like, that's like not, it's like not that far off from reality. Yeah. (laughs) Like um, her boss had like a savior (gasps) complex. Yes. When they were talking about like the logo and all that. Oh, I just wanted to slap that woman. Yeah. You wanted to take that hand and slap her with it. (laughs) And she was like so, so so self-absorbed. She was like, what is wrong with it? That's my hand. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see anything wrong with it. I'm like, really? The fact that you just mentioned that it's your hand already, that's like red flags right there. But... Yeah, I just think that it's great that she's not at that job anymore because obviously she was unhappy. Yeah. And that also reflects like a lot of the situations that we go through at jobs as well. Like not just like nonprofit, but overall in like the job industry. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I wanted to point out at first. Yeah, I so I I completely understand like not being um being happy and like I think 
it was to me like the more practical side of me was like kind of nervous for her because like I want her to like thrive and like me when I did was unemployed for like several months it wasn't even like oh I was unemployed for three months and I like had unemployment because I was the one who quit in the first place so I had no like cushion Mm -hmm. so um remember it was like during the winter was like my the height of like no job like almost nothing in the bank account living at home and all I wanted to do was like I just want to write one movie and get it out there I had no will to write like I had nothing I was blocked because I was just like my immediate material conditions like what (laughs) I need to pay things I need to like say I need to have some kind of green and this is like you know the brainwashing of capitalism but that's another episode anyway (laughs) um but like the practical side of me was like tapping into like oh my god I know like that's scary to like leave but also I found a lot of hope and like also like I know that it's a show so I don't put too much stock into it like I know like actual Issa Rae is thriving (laughs) (laughs) so that's why I think I was able to find a little bit of hope in her like stance and like her being able to be like you know what I put in a good five years here I need to just like live for me yes perfect yeah I love that and even though like she needed that extra push I feel like she was doubting herself and what's this guy's name that new guy that came in (laughs) I mean I call him the devil but Nathan oh yes (laughs) why did you call him that because I had a I had a, um, a situation so 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 similar to this and it's really 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 frustrating and it it's almost I think it's like psychological warfare oh yeah because I'm not like we've talked I think we've talked about this or like in our very early early iterations of the podcast where we probably haven't even like um released it we had like a whole conversation about like how we are with men um (laughs) and I'm someone who I don't make the first move like that's my default I don't make the first move and I kind of like have to like really have like markers that let me know your interest in me and if you like you check off all my things on my like you're cute not even cute you're hot and (laughs) there's money um because yes I am all for the revolution but I also want to eat so (laughs) um there's money involved I'm kidding you don't need to be rich but you know what I'm saying like if you check off all my markers on the list and we're hitting it off then I can just like kind of ease into like you know do like courtship right. stuff whereas you're like oh I see a really hot guy on the train I'm gonna tell him and I'm gonna give him my number and I was like <laughs> yeah that's how we differ <laughs> like no ma'am I so there was one person um who like came on real strong real strong kind of like Nathan like but like smooth like not like strong where it's like uh you're being creepy and overpowering it's like strong in letting me know that they're really interested in pursuing me they're really suave Mm -hmm. nice talker had beautiful eyes the whole gambit everything and then we went out had such a great time and then after like a couple, I think it was just, it had to have been one. And then I was like taking the lead. I was like, you know what? I never ask anyone out, but you know what? I'm going to ask this person out because I had such a good time. And I right. time. <sighs> Nothing. I was not checking for you. Don't get me involved and invested. That's true. 
leave like that. That is, this is a psychological warfare. This is why Issa and I are the same person. Cause you know what? If I wasn't so lazy, I probably would have found apartment and climbed up through an es- um, the fire escape and be like, Oh, so you have like, this is the thing too. I was like this on with Instagram. Cause I was just like, Oh, so you can post on Instagram. You can host a live, but you cannot respond back to me. I, I do get your point there because I've also been in that situation where I've been stalking, you know, people mm-hmm. <laughs> on Instagram. And you know how Instagram shows you what things they like? Oh, I hate that. I and like specifically <laughs> avoid that. <laughs> I know God. it's the worst, but I would go in and be like, you have time to go on Instagram, like, like people's photos, but you can't answer me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I drove myself crazy. So I have been in Issa's shoes as well. I don't know if I would have gone as far as to like going into his apartment, but I think I might have, you know, roamed around there or something. Yeah, no, because you're level-headed. I cried. Dom, come on. You know that there have been times where you're just like, no, that sounds crazy. Don't do it. I still do it though. <laughs> yeah, there's two times where I'm like going crazy and you're just like, no, mm-mm, let's rethink yeah. this and strategize. Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, two years ago, me would have. Um, I feel like um, it's just a confluence of things, you know, more noticing like men really aren't all that so Mm -hmm. one don't even invest your energy in trying to get them to like you back or whatever um there's also like I'm just exhausted (laughs) from the society from the patriarchy and from work (laughs) and I have like things to do you know what I mean like we're busy yeah yeah, I'm busy but two years ago I don't think I was that busy so I think there was you know I wasn't super, super busy. And then um, I think some of this did happen around. Yes, this like fell right in the middle of like a really. Actually, this was um, a longer than normal period. So <laughs> all of that together, I don't care how rational my brain was. My emotions were going to be like, nope, we'll deal with the aftermath later. I just need, I just need confirmation. This is how like I'm a. Um, this is how much of a dogged uh, jour- investigative journalist I have in my in my soul. Because <laughs> if I if I want to know something, I'm going to know it. <laughs> we find ways. Yeah, and we just like yeah, we find ways, and we're gonna get the information that we want. Yeah, yeah. So I am very I was in my feelings when it came to Nathan um the thing is on the other side and I'm sighing because I'm just like I knew how I felt during this but I did see a couple of hot takes on the Twitter on the TL (laughs) about like when Nathan did speak to Issa, which I think is um, better than my situation. So I have no closure. Um, He like basically talked about what it sounded like um, was withdrawal and isolation. And Uh those are symptoms of like depression. Or he had maybe was going through a depressive episode. So, um, I did see some people talk about like, we don't talk enough about depression and black man. And this is the second time um, there was depression and a black man centered around Issa's storyline because Mm -hmm. Lawrence was also deeply depressed, which is why he was like on the couch and felt really um, stagnant and didn't really want to do much. He was Um, unmotivated, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know what? I can see what you're saying. And I think that's a really valid point. I'm still team that man broke my heart. So 
Not really, but broke my. <laughs> I think broke my ego. There's a very big difference between breaking someone's heart and breaking someone's ego. Like I was just like, you really like built me up. You're like made me feel so wanted, and then you broke that. I'm like, Mm-mm. no, you don't have you. You will not have me out here looking foolish, and that's. <laughs> That's my main motivation. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really breaking a heart. <laughs> and that's the Scorpio in me. I do. Mm-mm. We care about appearance. Yes. percent. <laughs> yeah. But I think now that we're on the topic of Nathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you remember how obviously after weeks of not texting, calling or anything, he decides to show up. On Issa's birthday. That was rude. Right? And then Molly, obviously, is such a good friend she is. She was like, no, you are not ruining her birthday. But then when she told Issa about it, Issa got mad. And I want to ask you, how would you react to a situation like that? I am so happy you brought that up because I... I was so close to texting you. (laughs) um, But I was like, no, let me leave this. But I absolutely agree with Molly on this. I was right. like, Karen, if you ever see any, like, a, if you see a grenade being lobbed into my life before I see it, please, please. I would never react in like, oh, that's not your place. Mm-hmm. Like, let me handle. No, can, I can't even handle breathing if it wasn't involuntary. And I feel like, especially on a birthday, come on, dude, that's, that's a big no. Yeah. So I feel like when I saw that scene where Molly was telling Issa what had happened and Issa was upset, I was like, girl, she is your friend. She is looking out for you. She didn't want anything to ruin your birthday. And I think that you should appreciate that. I I didn't agree with how she reacted. And I was just like, no, I feel like. I would not act like that. I would just be like, thank you. Thank you for looking out. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> I, I already designated you that position. So you kind of have no choice. <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> you are stuck. You have to look out. <laughs> and speaking of terrible man, because I feel like this episode, I mean, it did cover bit of um Issa's career choices obviously mm-hmm. but then it also talked about like men and how they deal with relationships and since we were talking about Molly her situation with Dro yes he is such an asshole mm-hmm. I ugh, no I just couldn't with him I I feel like it was What Molly told him was right. It was like, okay, I show up, we hook up. And, you know, it's like, I hit you up whenever I want to, and you can't say no. And I feel like when Molly finally drew that line, he just didn't know how to take it and acted so immature. Yeah, because he, like, did it on his terms. Yes. So then when she was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And he's like, no, 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 no. I liked how much you were feeling me. Like, she, like, wanting more from that, wanting to really have a relationship with him, really fed into his ego, back to the ego. Mm, this is a very Scorpio, a Scorpio-centric um, <laughs> tonight. yeah all of that was feeding his ego um because I really do think um there is a class of men um who like it's not always just like oh I want to have like sex it's also like I really 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 want to like get into the seduction and romance you and like I really want to get you into this place Mm -hmm. kind of thing like um like really suave, like more than like a playboy, you know, just hit it and quit it kind of person. Oh, like, you know what I'm saying? It. Yes. Just like really, but like have zero intentions of actually pursuing you as a person and pursuing and ha- like forming a relationship. It's yeah. more or less like I really like, um, 
being romantic, but not romantic in the way that we think, but I like being romantic for the sake of being romantic. And then the end goal is obviously to have sex, but like also like when they're done, that's it. They can keep doing this whole like, yeah. So I think that I think there's a group of men who really just like find they find they get off on doing that. Yes. Yes. And it's shitty because like the people like people's emotions are at collateral damage because like if you really are just going after, you know, the body and you're lusting, yeah, I'd be annoyed. But then, like, I ca- like, I have agency, too, and, like, I can read signs a little bit and be like, yeah, you know, the person's just a horned dog and kind of just wants to fuck, whatever. <laughs> but if you are, like, actually making it seem like you want to go out with me, you know, want to take, yeah. you wanna take me dancing, you really mm-hmm. want to listen to me, you want to know how my day was, you're invested in my family, you're invested in the things that my friends are doing... And then in addition to having sex and then like you just were like, actually, that's all I wanted to do with you was just like, keep it there. I don't want to have a long term relationship with you. I'm like, that's that's really effed up. Yeah, it's like you're building up this person and then at the end, just like letting them fall flat on their face. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, what did you think this was? You're confusing it. I don't want a relationship. Yes. And you acted like you did, like everything, like all the signs were there. And now you say, no, you were the one taking it the wrong way. When you were, when the man was the one that was kind of like leading on to this impression. Yes. So I, 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 in this season, Drew was the, my least favorite character. Mm-hmm. Mine just, too. He was yeah. real ugly in this one. Very. I think he's cute, but once he was just like doing all that nonsense, I was like, oh, he's kind of ugly. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like Molly can do so much better. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, I do want to point out, I mentioned this to you, Dom, but mm-hmm. I love her hair. I am obsessed with her <laughs> hair. Yes. Well, okay, so can we talk about Molly, though? Because I actually have some issues with Molly. Okay. I think I've always had issues with Molly. Because I think she is so beautiful. Um, and she does have a good heart. I really do think, yeah. like, especially with Issa, she has such a, such a good heart. So, like... She's complicated. But for me is Molly really represents like like this group of like women like I've grown grown up with who are also like first generation immigrants um, or from immigrant families or like have grown up in like more traditional households and more patriarchal where the man is like in charge mm-hmm. and they're like and probably also christian and they're just like they're young so like they're not as strict as their parents and like they're like you know they drink and they probably club and they do brunches and you know but they're also the same ones that put like jesus first in their instagrams and they're like I graduated top of my class. I'm going to <laughs> law school. Um, glory be to God. And like, you know, they're also like, I can't wait. Like I'm going to be married before 30. I want like three children. And it's just like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, like you hear so many echoes of their parents or like their environment in them. And I feel like a lot of it is um, uh, fake. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, you can't be like this, like, Jesus and, like, you know, family and, like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, like, I did all this work, why can't you kind of thing. And then also think, like, you can just, like, party and, like, be ratchet and, like, you know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. it's antithetical. Like you're incredibly judgmental in one lane. And then 
when it comes to you and doing things that you would normally judge other people's other people from for doing it's okay it's okay mm-hmm. and there's a cognitive dissonance there so like the i've grown up with a lot of people who are like this so i immediately spot that in molly and i'm like we would not be friends <laughs> we would be in a group of friends but she would not be my friend friend i haven't met any mollies so far mm-hmm. but i do agree with you that she is judgmental and I feel like also mm, she's looking for that picture perfect yes yeah see my whole thing that I just described you did it in two sentences (laughs) yeah don't cut this out don't listen to me (laughs) and I think we had talked about it in in a previous episode um where we talked about how she saw her parents' marriage and thought that it was like the most perfect thing on earth. And she wanted to have exactly that same thing, but she didn't realize that this quote unquote perfect relationship took work. And obviously like her parents weren't perfect because mm-hmm. in, I think it was last season where like, you know, some family issues came up. Mm-hmm. And then she feels devastated because she had this idea of them in her head. So it's basically like she was putting them on this pedestal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she, she also, when it comes to work, I feel like she's not a hundred percent satisfied either. That's another thing. That's another thing that like really stuck out to me. Um, that like, this kind of person kind of irritates me. Um, and I don't think the cortisol will help either, but, (laughs) (laughs) but someone who's never satisfied, but she's also very type a personality. And I know I don't, I don't, I I mean, type a can be on a gradient. Um, Mm -hmm. so like depending on intensity, like if you're really intense type a, we're not going to (laughs) mesh. Right. Yeah. But yeah, she's like never satisfied. Yeah. When it comes to men, when it comes to work. (laughs) Yeah. And in my mind, like I'm watching this is like, it's not the things, it's not, it's not like, oh, because this has like some kind of um, failing that's like unsatisfactory to you. Like if you are not satisfied with anything, you are the common denominator. (laughs) And I think she hasn't noticed that. I feel like Kelly ha- did point it out, though. Remember when she, when Molly was talking about her her first week at this new law firm, mm-hmm. and she was complaining about how, like, you know, they did this, and at her own law firm, they did it differently, and she was like, "Oh, one office is too white, one is too black. What do you want?" I think she said something like that, didn't she? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So. <laughs> This is another thing. This is another thing that I noticed in the 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 um the little uh, and by, by the way, I want to say I'm not like stereotyping people. I'm building a profile, right? <laughs> and this in the profile of these same people who are like judgmental, um, really kind of more conservative leaning, um, but will still do like ra- quote unquote ratchet shit, and then like. <laughs> It's fine when they do it. Um, uh, well, one of the things I notice, and it's always like they're kind of classist in a way where they're like they're like kind of bougie. They're bougie. Oh yes, and Molly grew up fairly well, especially Molly. I think she's yeah. like the bougiest of them. Well, I don't know. Hmm. Tiffany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll get into her yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah so there's just like this and it blew my mind it was one line but it blew my mind that they even put this in there in relation to molly's like bouginess when Mm -hmm. it came to the black firm but like um kelly was like you know i think us as a black like people we've been conditioned to like not really look at our things and the things that we're doing as good 
So we're not supportive. And she was saying that to, uh, she was saying that to um, Molly because Molly was like, um, in the black firm, they like don't even have like hello sign or something. Yeah. Saying and Kelly was just basically like, they're doing, they're they're a firm and they're black and it's empowering and it's like. They're, you know, trying to get a seat at the table and like you're looking down at them kind of like, oh, I've been to an actual firm. Oh, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, actual coded for I've worked at a white firm. So like the way the whites do it is the Mm -hmm. way that it should be done. And I was floored because I was like, "Mm, mm, (laughs) mm, I see this all the time. (laughs) <laughs> I see this all the time. One, I'm going to get like a little off on a tangent, but like the concept of race in general is a social construction. So it is something, especially if you're like not white, <laughs> something that was like imposed on you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we're, we're talking about like Latin America. It was imposed on you through colonialism and the slave trade and slave slavery in general. So there's like a racial hierarchy that's built. That was nothing. That's no fault of our own. Black people didn't say like, "Hey, we want to be at the bottom rung." You know what I mean? Latinos didn't want to. Did not say like, "Hey, you know what? We'll take one for the entire race." team and be bottom rung that was something that was imposed on us so i want to say like this is a social construction and the fact that like people think like oh something is like specifically black and it's ghetto basically was what molly was leading towards like that black firm is ghetto because they don't do certain things Mm -hmm. like that like there's nothing that like is inherently that's black that's inherently ghetto you know what I mean like that's something that's been imposed on us because like I'm a black person and I don't like check off every marker that makes me a black person like culturally like we're not a monolith we are different people we we share I guess phenotypically and not even biologically like I probably am closer biologically to like a Korean woman than I am to like my mom, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause race is not biological. Um, but that's pretty much it. Like phenotypically we probably all like have some features <laughs> that'll set us aside into this hierarchy that was not even made by us. <laughs> yeah. It so, was, right. Yeah. So like the whole thing is just like, think about it. Like, think about it. Like you are, playing into this like race theory set by white people Mm -hmm. and looking down at your own you know what I mean you're not saying like black people Latinos Asians like we all gotta look out for our own because every one of us is good because I'm no no we're people (laughs) people yeah yeah people are assholes but i'm saying like don't go into it already looking down yeah i get it yeah like looking down at it because of the standards i guess that other people have set or like the conditioning that other people have set beautiful (laughs) you keep like you're like my translator tonight (laughs) i go off and for five minutes i'm going on to like social and race theory and then you're like yeah Point A and point B. Done. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that is exactly what I was trying to say. I get your point. And I, and I agree with it. Yeah, because she was just, I feel, like you said, she was looking down on that firm. And then it was like, okay, so uh, are you happy or mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, Molly is complicated yeah (laughs) pretty much I overall do think she is a good person she's horrifically misguided Mm -hmm. yep yeah and speaking of uh 
you know how we briefly covered upon bougie characters. Yes. <laughs> Miss Tiffany. Miss Tiffany, exactly. <laughs> I think like she wanted to recreate Beyonce's uh, pregnancy photo. She wants Beyonce's life. <laughs> she wants to be like off-brand Beyonce, but not like off-brand where it's, you know, Walmart brand, maybe like Target brand Beyonce, which is a little nicer. <laughs> me going off talking about like, you know, Molly's so classist. Listen to me. Walmart is not as great as Target. I'm sounding bougie now too. <laughs> it's insidious. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we haven't really gotten to know much about her. I was literally going to say that, but continue. <laughs> but I feel like in this season, we did kind of like get to know how she was feeling compared to, you know, all the other girls. Because obviously she's going through a different stage. She's married. Obviously now she's having a baby. Mm-hmm. Versus everyone else, they're like figuring out their career, figuring out relationships. So there's they're not as stable, I guess, as Tiffany. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't think she feels left out, but she knows that eventually, like, she's not going to really have anything in common with her current friends. Right. And so I feel like in order to, like, not feel lonely, she is now getting more into, like, the mom circle. And I feel like... This has been a topic that's been covered in other shows. For example, I don't remember. I don't. Uh, for example, in Sex and the City, remember when Miranda had her baby? Yeah. And then what's her name? Samantha wasn't really feeling it. Oh, yes. And she kind of like wanted to stay away from her or not like really get her involved in the activities that the other girls did. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's something that although it's talked about or yeah, included in some shows, um, I feel like it's a good thing to bring it up. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point that you said that like she, I think there's a, what you might've been alluding to is like a mourning process that's happening that they're not quite talking about, but they're mourning like the loss of like their friendship as it is because they're going different ways. And I think that's why um, Kelly's just like, I don't want to deal with it. Cause like they're they're They know it's like coming soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just like, I don't know. Like I, I have like a, I have a couple friends who are going to get married, but like I think because like I've always like been friends with them from a distance. We don't live near each other. We don't really see each other that often. We do talk. We do talk fairly regularly um, because of technology, which is awesome. But like Mm -hmm. if they, you know, they're gonna get married and they're gonna have children, and I'm like, that's no bearing in my life. So like I have actually no, I I can't really relate to like how they're feeling. I guess like if you start having babies, then maybe we can come back and (laughs) (laughs) and explore that (laughs) and explore that. So yeah. Podcast experiment. Go get pregnant, Karen. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) We'll see how the friendship changes. (laughs) But I feel like also, do do you remember what she does for a living? Tiffany? Yeah. No. You see, so I feel like we haven't gotten to know that much of her character. Yeah. And I think it would be nice at least to like, Maybe they they should have mentioned it in in previous episodes, kind of like what she did for a living and how she's going to go through that change in her life. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of women are there now where it's like they're career focused. But then when it comes to have, you know, their family, obviously they have to take time off to be with the baby. And like, how did they get back into the 
professional world, I guess, if you call it like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like they could have explored it a little bit more. Yeah. That's just my thought. Yeah, I feel like they, in their comment of making Tiffany seem like the more like vapid and like shallow friend, like, you know, all she does really care about is like appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do like sprinkle it with moments of like where she, you know, like, oh yeah, Tiffany has feelings um, that are different than like, like Molly's judgmental and really vocal about judgmental, but I feel like Tiffany is always like shady. Like, she's <laughs> yes. always throwing shade. Yeah. Her judgment is a little more nuanced. Um, so, so they like in their attempt of like showing that she's like, like that they kind of made her character one note you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. they can still show that aspect of her but like like we said like we get the different sides of molly we don't get the different sides of tiffany yes exactly yeah so maybe in the upcoming season they talk a little bit more about her and how she's doing because i figured by then she'll have the baby Mm -hmm. so maybe they explore that a little bit more I think possibly um, what would be a good thing to explore is, like, her postpartum life. I was just going to say that. Yeah, because a lot of, like, you know how, like, you know in the industry we work, we just are inundated with, like, mommy channels and mommy profiles Mm because we work in social media and social media marketing. And, like, it's all, like, really glossy. And it's, like, I woke up and I made myself a green juice and I made organic, vegan, 100%, um, you know, farm-to-table, fresh, um, pureed baby food for my baby. And look at my husband. Look at his beard he's so handsome like (laughs) we live in this house that is like right out of house hunters but you guys don't know what either of us do kind Mm -hmm. of life and it's like this is not this is this is not that's not what motherhood is this is not what motherhood is this is so this is fake like you know what i mean it's like the the commercial type family i literally was gonna say this is magazine editorial living oh. <laughs> and no one like okay so like i feel like i'm always bringing this up but like i feel like i think everyone like has a right to be a mother and to live a dignified and like a dignified life where they're not worried about constantly like burdened by like financial stresses or you know environmental stresses and things like that like I really like that is like my ethos I want everyone to live a good life and to abolish borders because borders are basura it's all made up um (laughs) (laughs) but with that said like yeah everyone can be a mom and go into motherhood the thing is like it is fucking dangerous, though. No one talks about it. Like, the United States has the highest mother mortality rate of all the developed nations. Yeah. So, like, you can't make it glossy and cute and free-free and, like, frou-frou when, like, maybe you almost died giving yes. birth. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing that pisses me off. It's, like, that whole process is since day one has never been fun. No yeah. one talks about it. No one, Everyone yeah. talks about like, oh, it's the beauty of life and it's a miracle. Yeah, that's cool. That's valid. Awesome. Yeah. yeah because they just paint like this picture perfect family or like the whole experience is so beautiful. When in reality, eh, it has its ups and downs. Right. It has its ups and downs. And let's say you had like maybe a, like easier pregnancy than most people Having a kid is a crapshoot. You don't know how that child is going to turn out. Like you're Mm -hmm. giving birth to another human being that is completely autonomous, has its own agency. You know what I mean? Like, what if you birth a serial killer? Yes, Karen, I'm going there. (laughs) Here we 
go again. <laughs> you were so close. You were like, oh, she's getting, she's getting good. She's getting good. And then uh-huh. you're like, oh my God. <laughs> she's like, now we just turned it into conspiracy hour. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with my rants, Karen. I know, Dom. <laughs> Throwing me the unexpected. Always. <laughs> At least if you're going to share that side of you, which I think, like, I do think children and think having the right to be a mother and, like, living a good life, that's so beautiful. And that's something I'm advocating for and something I'm going to make a movie about. Um, I wish people were just way more honest. Yeah. And it's like, this. I see now people are, like, being honest, but, like, I get stretch marks saying my pack. Like, no, no, no. I need you to be honest about almost having an aneurysm <laughs> like not like you get stretch marks and your feet get swollen like you how what can remember when kim was just like crying about like her feet i was like okay cool i want to know i need you to really advocate for more and she has talked a little bit about um the problems with her own uterus and why she had to get a surrogate but I want it to be like Serena Williams was literally saying like, I almost died. Mm-hmm. And Beyonce was like, listen, at a certain age, like my body was like not having it. Like I was not probably going to make it and having those twins. Yeah. Twins. Oh, that's so, yeah. I want like if Beyonce and Serena can give you the real, real, I want to see these like, Gerber baby profiles talking about like mm, I got stretch marks. <laughs> we just went off on a rant. We did. <laughs> Any last thoughts on Insecure? Like overall, your thoughts on the season? Uh, let's see. I I I liked it. I already mentioned the type of things that I would have liked to see more of, Mm -hmm. Uh, but overall I was happy with like the decision that Issa took in terms of work. Mm -hmm. Molly just kind of like needs to straighten up her attitude. Mm. (laughs) And Tiffany, I want to see as Tiffany and um, Kelly. I want to see how their relationship develops once the baby is born. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we should see a little bit more about both of those characters. So, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I want to see two standalone episodes where it's literally just them. Yeah. It's Tiffany, you know, dealing with maybe postpartum depression, maybe even sore nipples. I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah. And see maybe how uh, Kelly helps out or like, yeah, just overall the development of their friendship. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought this was the funniest season. The jokes were so good. I was at so many points where I would text you. I'm like, can't. I'm crying. This is so funny. <laughs> I just like, oh, laughed so hard. You mean like in terms of like the the shit that um, Kelly? Yeah, did? yeah. You mean like everything? Like the things that like Issa would get herself into. Um, like the Uber fight was really funny to me. Oh, um, yes. Um, Issa going into the house and, Ke- um, Molly was like, what's wrong with you? It was kind of funny to me. Cause Issa was like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's me. But I, I can laugh at that. And then I thought, um, yeah, I thought the whole Coachella episode was pretty funny oh yes that one was hilarious yes you're right okay yeah (laughs) and i think all the men are beautiful on that show every single i mean drew is mm. physically i don't think he's mm, because he's very tall and i like that but if your personality is mm, then your face is mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a really good season. Yeah, me too. It was exactly 
it was exactly like the kind of humor I needed. It was it was light and funny, and then there there were points where I was like, yes, I relate, and it's a little bit like serious, and that's it. I just I didn't need any like deep dark drama. I didn't need a dramedy that's more drama than comedy. So then I'm like scratching my head. I'm like, what's funny? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I this is what I needed, and. I guess the next time we're talking, we're going to talk about Superstore because I cannot yes. wait. Although, uh, I don't think we've mentioned this, but we waited until all of Insecure, well, not all of it, but over the weekend, we binge watched all of the season, all of the episodes, so that Monday morning, we just watched the last one. Yep. So I think we're going to do the same thing with Superstore, Dom. Oh, that's asking a lot, especially during the winter. I'm in need. Okay. <laughs> you might, you might, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to wait. I'm that type of person that just cannot wait until the next week to find out what happens. You're so smart. Huh? I said you're so smart. Oh, I think I'm just impatient. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's what I'm going to do. Just wait until all of the episodes are out and then binge watch it. That's more exciting for me. On to our highlights. Mm-hmm. Dom? Yeah, so I want to... Okay, so I want to highlight two people. Um, okay, like, I mean, I always I always talk about her because I really, really do love her and our politics are so aligned. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, I'm, we're recording this October 3rd. Wednesday night, mm-hmm. um, she just released this beautiful cover of her on Vanity Fair. So I implore everyone to go check it out and you know support our beautiful Bronx girl. Look at her, look, oh, at, her doing the, look at her doing a thing. I'm looking um, at her right now. Yeah. So, um, so that's not my. That's not. That's not all my shout out. I just happened to see it and I was like, I want everyone to also see it <laughs> as well. But. I wanted to shout out, I think it's called The Lit Bar, and we did talk about them really, really early, early in our season. Um, They are a bookstore, and I also believe they have a bar, or they have a wine bar, and they're in the Bronx. Yay! it's like, no more bookstores in the Bronx. I know. Yeah, and they're just like, and it's woman of color owned. So we're really happy about that. And I just saw that they're hiring. So if any of our listeners want to work at a bomb-ass like, bookstore, wine bar in the Bronx, go check it out and check out them on Instagram. Check them out on Instagram. Look at me. I can't even speak properly. And I'm talking about books. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. I hope that, yeah, I think we're going to repost it so that if there's people out there looking for new job opportunities, they might want to check it out. Yeah. Awesome. This episode was mostly based on, focused on insecure. And <laughs> do you have anyone to send to hell down? I don't have anyone. Um, I already sent this person to hell, but I'm going to do it again because they're still... Oh, no. I think I, I sent this person to purgatory because I didn't want to send them to hell because they're, I was like, they're inevitably going to act up. Just want to say something to any of our listeners who actually felt really um, triggered during the Kavanaugh hearings because oh. there was a lot of explicit discussion of sexual assault and abuse. Um, and there was a lot of... Um, male privilege on display there is um also the double standard where um dr ford who alleged that she was um assaulted by uh judge kavanaugh was very calm and composed and she was she got a lot of questions and she had to relive her experience and when brett Kavanaugh was being questioned. He was very belligerent, very Ooh. angry. He was a typical man who can't handle the hard questions. And if you were triggered by any of that, like it, if you were triggered by the patriarchy, it didn't even need to be about the sexual stuff. Like if you were triggered by white people, I we're here for you. 
Yes. So I just send the entire GOP, you know, to hell. But also I just want to be like, that week, that news cycle was not easy. No, Um, I, I tried to stay away from it, to be honest. Yeah. And he also like we we were talking about like a lot of it was just a lot of discussion was around like what he might have done um in high school and in college. And I think there was also an incident where he was like 30 in his 30s. So he's just a perpetual nonsense person. Yeah. But he also has a terrible, terrible, like, record. He is the same judge that would not let the undocumented um, girl who was raped get an abortion. The yeah, I, I, I remember that. Yeah, so he's just, he's no bueno overall. He He is what Trump would call, or no, he's not what Trump would call a bad hombre, but I'm calling him a bad hombre. He is a bad hombre. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, for uh, anyone who's out there who had, who did, who did watch or was part of it, um, not part of it, obviously, but like who was, you know, absorbing that here, we understand it's frustrating system being played out in display and, you know. Yeah, you're heard and you're valid. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, which are Twitter and Instagram. Also, if you have anything to say about the topics that we covered in this episode, feel free to email us at fromthebronxwithlove at gmail.com. Dom, anything else you want to add? Um, no, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, closer to when I have um more materials for my film, we'll just talk more about yeah mothers and babies and the deromanticization of it. Yep. I, that, that is my cause. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe because you do not want to miss out on that. Right. Okay. Well... I hope everyone has a great week and we'll catch up on the next episode. Bye. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.